Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. no small questions. You may have noticed that again, it is not Superfan Sam, it is Superfan Han. And today I am joined by possibly two of the most mysterious members of the Abrica Lads, or the Fate Mark V. We have the amazing Daryl Bailey, who plays Enkidu, and the incredible Chris Watts, who plays Gaius, the Master Bard. And I was going to try and do a whole thing about like uh, mysterious people, mysterious multiple identities, but uh, my brain couldn't make those jokes in time. So instead, you get this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. Hello. <laughs> Hello. How, how are you doing? That was incredible. Um, you doing tonight? Yeah, I've got a very croaky throat tonight, so I'm not my usual silky velvety voiced self hey yo so i will just be my usual uh croaky monarchy nonsense person but yeah yeah really excited for this uh been looking forward to all day and you know what this is the first time we've met isn't it hannah i know but weirdly i feel like it's not because i've listened to so many hours of you playing (laughs) gaius which is kind of like a weird thing to be like i know this person i no, they don't know who I am. We've never met. This is odd. Yeah, it's weird. Like, you're going to be asking me questions, yet really I feel like it should be the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> One day, in no small questions, we'll turn it on the super fans. Oh, I like the sound Yo, of that. Yo, that would be cool. Oh, actually, that's oh no, that actually come up with like a thing that. by mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you come, you come up with, with a thing. thing it's yeah. a thing now. Nah. Yeah, exactly. It's canon. Ah, <laughs> uh, Pip, what have I done? <laughs> I want it. Pippa's like, she doesn't speak for all of us. <laughs> it's the biggest face palm I've ever seen in a, in a, th- in a tiny thumbnail. Oh, no. oh my God. No, um, the filter is not engaged today. All, all the things are coming out. Oh, no. Um, hopefully, that will also apply to you guys. Uh, we'll get past some of these mysterious filters, so we'll get some really, really cool information. But... I do have to say that cool information can only go up to episode 67, Chargelt Hall. So this is your spoiler alert. Spoiler alert! If you have not listened to episode 67, Chargelt Hall, or a few of the episodes leading up to that, you might want to like 
go and do that now before you listen to this. Or if you're a person who kind of likes spoilers like me in a weird way, uh, this will be fine. Enjoy yourself. Mm. So without further ado, let's let's go. Let's do this thingy. Yeah. Let go. <laughs> Starting with possibly the most serious question of all um, for both of you, which is how many sets of dice do you own? And is one of them lucky? Like C. Ooh. Mike C needs to know about the dice. How many do I own? I oh, mean, man. I- I'll start off because I feel like Daryl's Daryl's uh, answer is going to be much more uh, uh, complex. Uh, but basically, I have got <laughs> like, so well. uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me just open up my tomb. Oh, nobody on me. I feel like that's like it's like a special cupboard with like lights coming down on the dice and the spotlight for Daryl and candles and incense um <laughs> amazing uh, no for me it's uh I, I i picked up like i borrowed a bunch from friends left right and center and i would love to maintain a set dice that is all one color that is beautiful that i use but i'll be honest with you it's just a, a jumble sale of dice um all varying sizes i wish the d6s were all the same size but i've got some from like various like Bit like board games that are like you did it for board games yeah. where they're like mini yeah. oh my yeah. gosh yeah. <laughs> you know what and and the problem is as well I, I doodle on them and stuff like that so the answer is I don't have a special bunch of dice but what I do do is every session I do collect my I think maybe I've got like six D20s and I roll all of them and I take the highest dice because I'm just like yeah and you know what I was a skeptic before doing this show and then everyone was talking about charging dice and all this dice magic going yes. on yeah so the I, dice magic yeah it's a real thing and I accept now it's a real thing I accept now that that's a thing I do yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny when you start playing with luck when you're like a really skeptical person you're like no no this isn't gonna get to me i'm i'm above all this ridiculous nonsense and then after a while you're like "Mm, but the nonsense is fun and then after that you're like oh no the nonsense is real it's serious yeah absolutely absolutely it's real and there is that classic thing of um uh what's it called what's it called um uh that placebo effect where you where maybe not the placebo effect but it's like that that wanting willingness to be like that d1 uh, that that one wasn't like a, a chance. That was fate. Like I have been oh, marked yeah. by something, and this is destined to go this way. So yeah, yeah. Exactly, I, so, yeah. I like in D and D, like you sort of fall into those themes, don't you? Of like, okay, it has to be fate. There is no like mm. uh, probability yeah. to this world. So yeah. So yeah. the answer is I've got a bunch of dice, but they're not special until I roll them. I suppose. Oh. It sounds like the chaotic end of the spectrum yes. of, of dice collecting. <laughs> exactly. I Going from like lawful to chaotic. This is definitely chaos corner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Awesome. How about you, Daryl? I do have special dice. <laughs> yeah. Of course I of course I do. Um right now I'm holding my um critical roll big purple D twenty dice. Ooh. Which I don't roll for no small rolls because it is incredibly noisy to roll. Because it is massive. It comes in like a marriage, like, engagement ring box that opens up like that. Like, you know, wow, like an engagement box. It's a oh. big, purpley, shiny D20 um, from Critical would you, Role. Would you roll it for no small questions? <gasps> yeah. Of course. Rod and Oliver. We didn't even hear it at all. I want to hear the good junk. Destroy your table. I wrote it in my, in my box. I have a box that I roll in. And I don't right. want to, like, fart around it. But I do have okay. special dice. Um, I've got 
Oh, I've got, I bought this special edition of Triangle Strategy last year, which is a tactical role-playing game for Switch. Um, and it came, I didn't know this, it came with uh, 6d6 dice made out of the different materials you can grind within the game. Bronze is a stone dice as well. Tin, what, oh, beautiful dice, which I love. Also, I've got, I think my favourite dice are the astronomy dice from your your wizards. You are wizards. I guess that's a Harry Potter pun. You're a wizard. Um, they were incredibly expensive, but so worth it. Shiny astrology dice that twinkle with little stars in each one. Mm, I do and love the sparkly like dice. Yeah. Astronomy symbols on the on on, on some of the numbers. They're oh, beautiful, it magical. Yeah. Mm. Those are my favourite. I did buy a set of dice for Enkidu. Okay, yes. So Ashley Ashley Dangerfield has asked us in the chat, Daryl, do you buy dice for each character no. that you play? I don't. But I bought some um, from Beholder's Gaze. Um, shout out to Grace for introducing me to that. Um, there are these like very beautiful purple dice with this like, it's like a magical gem um gem quote unquote like center that are purple which i'm like oh these are perfectly f- these are perfect and they're, they're called arcane focus and i was like oh it just kind of there's a kind of magic in the naming of it and the aesthetic and i love those dice um i got a few others but um the but i think the astrology dice take it as like my special dice i, I will do a shout out actually because i did actually buy some dice um some like my my, my favorite dice which are kind of like translucent blue um and i got those from Orknest in london oh sweet um it's a really like if people come to london like it's a really small niche little board game shop and you know you can tell they're just like independent working hard Mm. like you know really there for the community if you get a chance people when you come to london go check out Orknest. it's so cool i went in there so good speaking to them about i've got this like um i i binged on this like awesome board game called zombicide Mm-hmm. uh zombicide 2 and i was like oh i'm looking for this game or this yeah. oh, my voice i'm looking for this game hello <laughs> disguise self hello hi i've come to your shop yeah. <laughs> um but yeah basically what happened was like yeah i went in there which is like obscure reference like oh do you know if i can maybe get something about this game it's like and they were like yeah no problem you need to go to this place get this place they were amazing so if you want good dice yeah. as well, go to Orkest. Yeah. It's also the kind of place, if you go in intending not to buy anything, you come out and you're like, how did I get all this stuff? Yeah. Where oh, did no. it come from? You like come out in a daze. You're like, oh, all this, these things have appeared and my bank account is suddenly empty. What happened? Oh. Um, so be careful. Uh, you may think you're not going to get anything when you're there, but you will because it's amazing. Yeah. That's the one near Covent Garden, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. one Charing Cross Road. Yeah. 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 I mean, I could talk about dice all day like yeah genuinely do you have a special <laughs> bunch of dice Hannah? uh i do have a couple that i genuinely believe are lucky and i think one of them is my first ever d20 that i got so oh. i always have that but i do like to go through my massive collection of dice and choose ones that i think are like thematically appropriate for the character mm. or game that i'm dming yeah um so yeah some of them feel more associated to some characters than others. And the red ones are the murder dice. So The red ones are the murder, the murder dice. dice. Yeah, if I want to get rid of some player parties. Jeez. TPK, just roll the red ones. <laughs> well, thanks for the warning. Um, I'll keep that <laughs> in all mind. It's behind a screen. <laughs> I know where I'm sitting next time we're playing person. <laughs> um, speaking of player characters, or actually non-player characters, um, 
Lego has a question for you and they ask, who is your favourite NPC and who is your character's favourite NPC? Oh my gosh. Different. Oh. Or they might be the same. Oh, that's a good question. I think yeah. I always go back to the same person just because I loved their voice so much. I loved Gus. <laughs> and I, I'll always go back to Gus. I'm sorry. I just loved her. I loved him. Uh, I I can't do the voice with my throat. Maybe I can, but it's like, um, oh yes, who do you serve? Lady Tula de Laveau. Oh, Lady Tula de Laveau. Oh, it was so good. I was, was like, nice. I, I genuinely have never wanted to like recruit an NPC into the adventuring party just so I can keep listening to their voice. But definitely Gus. Definitely Gus. Oh, what about Gaius? Who does Gaius like? Does Gaius like anyone? Uh, what's going on with Gaius? What's going on? What's their deal? What's the deal? Um, what's Gaius? Well, that's a very big question, I guess. Um, who does Gaius like? Like, what's Gaius's type? And I think, I don't know. Who does Gaius fancy? Who does Gaius fancy? <laughs> I think Gaius admires everyone and anyone. He admires yeah. confidence. Um, I haven't, like, talked about his, you know, sexuality as such, but, you know, he's, he's a, he's a person who's come from, like, privilege. And with that privilege, he's been, and, 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 and the sort of a, a free reign as being, like, you know, connected with, like, the uh the the criminal world so it's like you know he hasn't had to like hold up any like conservative standards like of society so you know he's dabbled in hymns he's dabbled in hers he's dabbled in days and he's sort of like free-flowing yeah that's sort of his vibe so what who's his favorite npc gosh you know what i'll be honest with you there's so many npcs that i used to be like oh i love that person and now i just don't trust them i don't trust anyone these days <laughs> Gaius doesn't oh, trust anybody. I did. Okay, you know what Gaius recently admired was um, Gaius really admired the Archer Assassin. Ah, oh, cool. Because he, okay. was, he was slick. Dang. And he was, he <laughs> yeah, was yeah, good yeah. at what he did. And I think that's what yes. Gaius respected more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> Gaius like, respects talent. He respects talent. Dang. There wow. you go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I really want to like. I really want to have an episode where we like just play like smash or pass with all the NPCs in your oh characters. Oh my gosh, that sounds absolutely fantastic! Yes, it would be so fun. Smash, smash! Ooh, double smash! Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do you guys ever watch Scrubs? Um, when they help Todd realize, they convince Todd that he's gay, but then he realizes I just like everyone. And there's yeah. a scene, and then a final yeah. bit of the episode, he's like, "Nothing wrong with that, or that." <laughs> Or that. He's just checking out everyone now. <laughs> so, like, Absolutely. he's, like, awakened to his sexuality. Yeah. Yeah. What about, I was going to say, what about you, Daryl? <laughs> what about, not about, not what about your sexuality is, and what about who's your favourite NPC? Uh, Myra. Mm. Come on. Come on. Myra is a good one. My, I, I thought Myra about Myra. Is... Yeah. But yeah. I feel like Myra yeah. is great with, with a, with a, with a double team of Orin, especially. Yes. As yeah. a combo, they're yeah. hilarious. She brings yeah. out some a lot of stuff out of him. But she had so much she has so much personality. Um and so much attitude and you know, forefrontedness which I really really enjoyed. Um yeah, she's special. Yeah. <laughs> she really is. Um, but what about Enkidu's favourite mm. NPC? <laughs> uh, I wonder if it will surprise anyone if I had said Enkidu's favourite, if he knows what an NPC is, um, would be Clayne Eovet. What? 
<laughs> and Katie finds Clayne effing hilarious. <laughs> he is an embodiment of liberated chaos from years of just seeing it all. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then Katie respects the hell out of it. Huh. Doesn't trust him an effing inch. <laughs> Not one ilm. But he does respect the hustle of Clayne, who has seen it all. Once again, I I was not anticipating that. Yeah. That is so left field. Clayne so is brilliant. He's he's well from from Akini's perspective, he's come from the impoverished crime ridden background to a more stable, orderly, lawful one in the city. And when politics got interesting like, there weren't anyone, like, crazy like Clayne. Like, Akili thinks Clayne has got a, got a screw loose somewhere to think the way he does and to do the things he does, you know. Read your minds unsolicited, stand invisible at the back of the room, you know, in, during important meetings. Like, he's, and, you know, when he tell him, like, uh, my, my life is, 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 is in danger, possibly, and giving you a hint, he's like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> He doesn't seem to give a shit or he has some other agenda. He's like com- almost completely unreadable. And that's interesting. Yeah. it's. Pre- I mean, it is pretty fascinating. So it feels like Guy really respects talent and Enkidu is really respectful of mystery. <laughs> Incredibly mysterious yeah. figure. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm also curious um, whether either of you are worried about playing Yvette, but Vaughn Lowison, Lowison, however you pronounce your name. I'm so- very sorry, Vaughn. Um, they ask, who are you more worried about? The mages, the children of Havoc, or the Hex? Oh, gosh. That's a good question. Who is the scariest? It depends on um, short-term, long-term goals of them all. Because there are some, like, for the children of Havoc, it was very much, as soon as we heard about them, boom, things blew up in our faces, literally. And it's very scary because lives in danger and stuff like that. The mages, we are scratching the surface about them. So while we are while we are absolutely certain there's some big crazy thing they're, you know, working towards, we don't know what it is. So that's worrying. And the hex are everywhere. And again yeah. we have some idea what they're up to, but like what it's for or maybe it's a simple reason we're overthinking we're not really sure but it kind of depends if it's like we're going to a town we've never been before and the hex are there yeah that's probably the first thing we'd worry about but if we hear of some magical shenanigans somewhere like it's probably a consortium thing yeah be more careful i get it's funny really because obviously uh yeah it's it's similar I, i'm i'm not so bothered about the agent with uh the the chaos gang because they are chaos and like i'm almost like okay well they're so unpredictable they're kind of predictable in that like i Mm. i I, I, as in like that they are you know it's predictable that i'm not going to be able to anticipate where or what uh they're about so i'm just going to be happy in the fact that like whatever i'm doing they're doing their own thing and they will they will they will insert themselves into the scenario we're at or not based on their own individual like uh, agendas their their agenda isn't our agenda it's almost just too much chaos mm. unless something re- is revealed soon um for the hex yeah it's like the idea of like the knife in your side when you're not expecting it that's yeah. a little bit nervous especially with how quickly suddenly the tables were turned on enkidu admittedly enkidu did walk into the lion's mouth with that one 
But, <laughs> but it did frighten me. It did frighten me. But I've got to say, I've got to say, the consortium scare the living shit out of me. And yeah. I think they scare the living crap out of Guy as well. Because they were like, you know, again, tal- uh, guys loving talent. But it was so frightening how quick those um, arcanists bared down on us, took us down, pinned everyone to the wall. Guys, literally. And just like completely um, incapacitated us. And so it's the idea of like, <clears throat> if there's one archivist in the room, Gaius will be like sweating a waterfall down his back. Mm. So for me, I'm more scared about the consortium. Yeah. I mean, that totally, well, that makes sense to me, especially with Guy knowing the Hex, like actually being involved with people, like having family in the Hex. Mm. Like there's kind of a, like knowing your enemy a little bit, like maybe even knowing, I don't know. I'm speculating. <laughs> I'm speculating that a guy knows at least some of his siblings' weaknesses in some ways, like having grown up with them, even if they are like horrible bullies who try to kill him. Um, yeah. But there's, there is something about the, the consortium also being like legal mm. and being having that much legal power that is terrifying um and actually vicky's just asked in the chat are you more scared of the consortium or the wingthrups oh man the wingthrups consortium easy easy consortium i don't know golem army man yeah but like it's a it's a it's a long it's a long it's a they're playing the long game there it is you know 500 years been doing this for 500 years really not in a hurry um everything's in place i'm gonna just wait but she's linked to the consortium and like you said hannah there's that thing about legally doing whatever they they want claim saying oh yeah the hex are very useful what they're doing like what okay cool so you're not above using criminals who do all kinds of messed up stuff to you know achieve your ends so the consortium scarier than the wingthrops because the wingthrops have some other eight-dimensional chess going on that we've not seen you know the meat of yet and that, but the thing is, that worries me. Oh, it's so complicated. Yeah. I, I don't know which is scarier because the Wingthrups do have a hand in the consortium. Sorry, Chris, you were going to say. Well, I was just going to say like, yeah, they, they, they've got a hand in it. It's the un, unresolved aspect of them that I find really upsetting. Um, and it's almost like I going like you going out for like a massive bike ride, but you know for a fact that one of your brakes is a bit faulty. Like, you know that it's going to, like, there's going to be a, there's going to be a, a moment when you know you need to hit that hit those pedals really hard or hit that brake really hard and something will just go wrong and you know it's down the line but it's not in your interest to like investigate at the moment because you know you've got that momentum and you you you, you know you, you've got to get to the end and when's the other shoe gonna drop yeah i'm waiting for it Ooh. i'm not looking forward to it and i know it's going to happen and every time like enkidu has his moments of like we have to think about the throne guy like me as a as a player have as consciously said you know guy trusts enkidu because what else can guy do and enkidu has proven himself in the moment but there is the person at the back of chris's head going ah enkidu is a tool no <laughs> so I, I like there's there's nothing that guy can do there's nothing that i can do but trust but trust uh enkidu and trust the wingthrop is not as big a threat as like you say the the problem at hand 
Oh my gosh, there are so many threats at the moment. Yes. So Tiamat Dangerblade has a really great question, which is, um, as Enkidu has gone to the Hex to offer information and the Hex is now threatening the whole group, are your characters considering any implications this situation could have for Guy, especially given his connection to members of the Hex? What if they start warning other members or parts of the Hex organization? Has this crossed either of your minds? It has crossed Guy's mind that they are playing with fire with the Hex and his idea is always like, be nowhere near the Hex. And so, you know, this whole like seeking out the Hex sits really unwell with him. Uh, and, you know, his, his, his basically him, him being off the grid is like his most, uh, his biggest protection from his brothers and sister. And I think he has been like quite thrown by, by the actions of Enkidu to, to seek them out and say, Hey, we are, and I know that Enkidu is being, was being careful to like keep his tracks covered and so on, but, We've definitely been like put on the Hex's radar now in more than one city. I think Guy and me fell into the trap of like, you know, uh, the Hex is in like different branches and different cities and they all sort of work together as a conglomerate, but they don't really share information. It's like one Hex's problem is another Hex's, you know, I don't care or, oh, they're a friend. But the fact is that we are leaving quite a lot of uh broken glass everywhere and that is that is starting to scare guy a lot well superfan pippa's got a follow-up question to that which is um does guy have a plan should he unexpectedly bump into his siblings in the near future no uh (laughs) no i think pippa if i'm honest with you it's that sort of thing of like where i'm coming at it like like sort of stepping into guy's shoes as often is the case um it's a thing he doesn't want to think about it's a thing that he hopes never happens and there's not a question of like if it happens it's like no that's not gonna happen um and if it were to happen i think well i think there's a few things one which is that guy's terrified that they will do something to him guy's terrified that they will do something to like his family that he's starting to build with these people um and guy is terrified about the truth which is what he was saying before which is that he's terrified that a truth is going to be revealed that his mother was killed by her children and that's something that i think guy would not be able to deal with very well so i think it's a thing of he doesn't have a plan for it because he can't he he, he, he doesn't want to process it which is funny because he's got a plan for like lots of things of how to get around or how to scheme or how to lie or how to cheat. But when it comes to the truth, it's it's a very unpleasant, sticky subject for him, especially when it comes to his own emotions and feelings. Does that help? He is pretty avoidant yes. of the, the real, when it gets real. Mm. Um, yeah, so I can totally see him avoiding that even in himself and just being mm. like, nope, not even going there. It, you know it's funny it's even it's even like things with like money and stuff like jokes aside with how terrible i am with like the actual currency uh, <laughs> uh mechanism but um it's like i've noticed that when guy gets money he wants to spend it he wants to like lavish mm. and stuff like that but at the same time he wants to keep it so like people will offer to buy drinks and things like that 
and he'll be like, okay, I'll let them buy me drinks, but oh, I want this shiny thing. I will just spend lots of money on it. And then he's back to square one. So he's like, yeah, he is. There is, there is a lot of like, um, shifting sands that he just, uh, likes to, he's an, he's an impulsive character, which is something that I tend to do quite a lot because I, I get quite impulsive and impatient when I'm playing D and D. Yeah. Just want to like throw a spanner in the works and just see what happens. Yeah, I'm playing a different character in a different campaign at the moment with some friends. And he is, I've deliberately made him like so um, patient to try and offset that and see what happens with that. Um, he's a, he's a monk and his, his idea is that he, he asks questions first and kicks butt fifth because <laughs> he will always try and like convince him. Let's, let's negotiate. Let's talk about this. Let's be patient and, and talk it through before jumping in and kicking butt. So. Yeah, Guy is exactly the opposite. He just impulse and like you said, he's avoidant. Yeah. He feels very, he feels like very in the present moment. Yeah. Like can work out clever solutions in the moment to the immediate problem happening, maybe like two steps ahead at the most, but further, further down the line, it's like, yeah, I'll worry about that later. Yeah, I tried to, I tried to think about him like, you know, does he want to become a patron of like other bards and stuff? Like when he gets money, does he want to pick up a place? And after a while, I sort of dropped that idea because it just didn't feel right. I think that's the fun thing with D&D is if it doesn't feel right for the character, you can just let go. Well, that feels very true to life, right? Where you could be like, oh, maybe I would want to try snowboarding. And then you're like, yeah, I'm going to research snowboarding. And then after like a day of intensively researching snowboarding, you're like, no, maybe not. And like people do, well, some people I know anyway, some people I know do go through phases like that where it's like, yeah, 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 I'm going to try this thing. Actually, no, you know, I I don't think I will. And it feels very lifelike to me that like he he's trying on these different identities, particularly because he is also very mysterious about more of his like core identity. Yeah, I think for me, it's like not the word mysterious, but untrusting of, of his own identity is how I would say that. Which is interesting. Oh, I've never thought about that. Hannah, you are so good at your job. <laughs> you fell for it. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Daryl's too suspicious, but that's okay. I'll crack him one day. <laughs> Get in there. <laughs> Make him reveal something. Well, um, kind of going back to the question, did Enkidu have any thoughts about the repercussions for Guy when he wandered into the hex nest no, he didn't. He wasn't thinking that way. Um, the o- the only thing on on his mind was like, we've left a trail of destruction. <laughs> All hex relatedly looked to the biggest city in the realm where they are operating. Like, ah, oh, they're gonna come for us at one point or another. Why don't I just see how much I can get? I'm not like planning to infiltrate there by myself and like find some kind of you know, incriminating document on the chat. I'm not going to find that. I'm just see if they're willing to talk because they don't openly go out and blow stuff up and you know assassinate people. They 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 they're enterprising. Do you know what I mean? But then <laughs> didn't expect Malleus. Yeah, <laughs> just didn't see that coming at all. Yeah, G- Gaius wasn't upset with Enkidu so much because he could like because Enkidu is a like a he's a utilizer, isn't he? He thinks of things very like strategy based of like okay, what can we use? What are the circumstances? What are the tools around us yeah. to achieve that end? So it wasn't like a, a thing where he was thinking about it with with Guy's thoughts in mind or feelings in mind. It was that, ah, I can see how he did this because he wanted to like know more or to like, you know, smooth things over or to cover our tracks. 
so I could, I think, yeah, yeah, that, that's that's in Kidu, isn't it, um, Daryl? Mm. Where it's like he he is very resourceful mm. um, in 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 people and situations, and that's how he like works best. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Enkidu is almost like the other side of the coin of impulsive, where there's always a solid rationale, but it's still a really impulsive decision. Hmm. Whereas like Guy, it kind of feels like, yeah, this feels good. I'll do this thing. Why not? Whereas Enkidu, it feels like, hmm, this could be really smart. I've got a strategy for at least maybe the next day, but like kind of no further than that. And we'll kind of just do it without talking to people, which also feels really impulsive. Yeah, yeah. Because like everything's against the Abricolades. There's like there's there's no there's so much we don't know, and everyone we're dealing with has been doing what they've been doing for so long. It's hard. It's like the whole you know the iceberg thing. You see like the surface of it, but there's layers and layers and layers beneath the water's edge. And how do you get there? There's no real hints as to who you can talk to and where you can go to you know kind of like delve beneath the surface and sometimes you like you take a risk do you know because we kind of just go blindly town to town or person to person and kind of do what everyone tells us to do and asks us to do and it's kind of like well we need to take charge at some point maybe try this and the thing is the this, this is a bad this is one of Enkidu's character flaws um in that he won't tell anyone about some of the things he really wants to do because he suspects and fears that it will be an unpopular decision or thing to do. So rather than put it to the group and be voted down, he's like, but what if I'm right? What if I'm right? Rejection. It's not even rejection because not even about rejection because if he's wrong, the, the, the risk is, and if he's wrong and he's by himself, only he dies. Of course, like he has his friends to bring back inside him. Like that's the that's a risk they've all taken in the past. But if he's wrong, the damage is mostly to himself. But if he was right, it brought back a win. Something they have because they, as a group, so far in the story, they've had no advantages in any situation. They've kind of just what to do a situation like how do we get out of this? And we've been very fortunate to get out of it so far. And every situation is like by the skin of our teeth. But like Enkidu's looking, actively looking for what do we have over anyone we've come across? What is it? How do we get it? I also love that some of Enkidu's decisions are from a place of like, no, I control my own destiny. I'm not doing what everybody else tells me to do. (laughs) Rebel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a really rebellious streak where it's like, no, I'm in charge of myself. Damn it. I may be a wing drop construct, but I can still think for myself. And everyone in danger. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. that, That is part of it. That is part of it. You know, being reconstructed when he should be dead. And then being told that he has this added compulsion to go to a place he wanted to go to anyway, but now it's not entirely for his own reasons. Mm. So, and even though he was left with a cryptic um, message from Erida saying, feel free to go against us. You're your own man. Like that's a, there's, there's a double meaning of that because you do have some kind of assertion over him and maybe some of his impulsive, um, tendencies are kind of like to oppose that will to kind of truly test like am i still 100% me 
Mm. He's trying to prove to himself that he's himself, yeah. Yeah. This might be a great point to um, ask another question. Ooh. I was going to do my best Superfan Sam impression, but then I thought that would be weird. So I'm just going to read it in my voice. Um, but Superfan Sam Oaks says, Hey, you gorgeous peeps. I'm so sorry I can't join you for this outing, but I'm sure I've left my QM seat in very capable hands. Aw. Yeah. And can't wait to hear all the dishy responses to my question. Dish, dish, um, dish. So, <laughs> Yeah, got a dish. <laughs> so this one's for Daryl. Um mm-hmm. As the story progresses, Enkidu has found himself in several tricky situations when he acts on impulse and goes rogue. Are we starting to see a change in Enkidu where he begins to include the party in some of his dealings? Or do you think we're close to the point that Enkidu will have to abandon the party to reach his end goal? Mm. Very on topic. (laughs) (laughs) So Vicky says, Daryl going rogue? Surely not. (laughs) Never. I'm straight-laced as they come. I'm always just... (laughs) Lawful. Lawful, lawful. No chaos. Yeah. Are we coming to that junction, though, Daryl? Or is the party still, like... Is the party still um, uh, useful? Oh, oh, I was never going to go that way, but since you did, let's go. Um, yeah, <laughs> let's go. Um, I think there is there is one thing without spoiling anything. There is one conversation the group are having where Inkyu very much strongly feels a certain way about which. Some of the others are kind of like on the fence about, and he's very vehemently like, "Don't want to do that. Do not want to do that." But he's not going to like, you know, flat the window and never see you again. Kind of like it's not that kind of um, kind of decision. But I think we're coming to a point where um, now that they have learnt more things, um, certain directions are amenable to be changed. And he's definitely coming around to like, he's being more open more. I think after getting his ass kicked by Malleus and having his body taken over again, you know, there was that moment when, you know, he, he had for the second time was forced to kind of be more open about why he's doing the things he's doing and share that and say, look, this is how I think of myself. And this is what I think of you and why I do the things I do. And then, very heartwarmingly told, like, look, you, you just need to share these things because, you know, everything comes in a balance. And this is why it's like when you're part of a group, you know, we talk about these things and we, and we, and we discuss and we decide together. And, you know, this, this is how, this is how these things work. And he is, he is sharing um, a lot more of himself than he used to, but I don't think we're at a juncture where he's going to just like, all right, guys, peace. <laughs> and then, that's it. Not yet, anyway. Oh, it depends what happens <laughs> next. <laughs> depends what they do. <laughs> nah. Um, got a question from Pippa. Oh, Superman Pip, would you like to jump on? Hey, uh, hey, hello. My question is: What has been your favourite episode or moment of the Four Lost Veil arc so far? <sighs> Only up to episode 67. Oh, don't do that. That is a good one. Because there are some juicy belters to look forward to. Yeah. Um, I did quite, again, I'm going to come back to, oh, oh, no, I've got it. I've got it because it was a blunder. Um, I forgot 
uh, I really enjoyed just my blunder of like uh, doing. Um, I was so excited to use Dimension Door for the first time during the yeah. um, uh, the 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 archers like assassination attempt, and I was like, "There's mm-hmm. a tower over there," and I Dimension Doored inside it, and then I realized, <laughs> "Oh no, I've gone yes. to the danger," and I didn't bring anyone with me, and I realized I could have done that, and I was just like, yes. "Ah." Um, <laughs> So that was fun. That was my. That was like a favorite moment of mine to be like, "Why didn't you think, Chris? Um, <laughs> just grab someone. Just, just grab, grab someone. someone. You had like a warlock right next to you who <laughs> would have appreciated the lift because yes. you got there so yes. fast. It took me three turns to get there. <laughs> yes. By the time I got there, you were almost dead. <laughs> I was almost dead. I could have died. Yeah. But that was fun. Yeah. Speaking of favourite moments, it's quite mine's kind of related. It's when guys dropped a staircase on. <laughs> and as staircase. we're fighting Dane, didn't oh, you yes. collapse the stairs? <laughs> yes, and I, I did. forgot what it was you cast because it knocked him out. <laughs> he was out. <laughs> Took him oh, out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was we're yeah. fighting Dane, and like this is. Well, this is a tactical genius battle. Oh uh, yes, yeah. I did. I used shatter on the uh, thing. That was it. Shatter yeah. on the on the pillar, and then well, because was, we were upstairs. Yeah, I think that was it. It was like I was trying to like block his exit, and it ended up just sort of going slightly awry. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think one. Of, yeah, that doubled with um, Gwendolyn trying to capture giggles. Oh, the frustration was real. <laughs> frustration was real. <laughs> Oh, those are great moments. Yeah. I love that. What a what a great question. Thank you, Pip. Actually, I do have just one little image that I've just poked in my head, Ooh. but for, for some reason it came, became very vivid. It was when Enkidu had to go and have some like alone time and he just left me and Juna like floating in the sky or like, like, so, like someone was basically floating in the sky with Enkidu and Enkidu was like, I have to have some alone time and like Batman out of there. And it was just like a really like nice quiet moment of just like I could just picture this city because we were mm. over the park in the rain. It was like a really nice little image in my head. Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Chris Omen has a question for you. Um, they say, "Let's talk about the dragon in the room. What was going through your mind when you decided to summon a dragon in City Hall?" <laughs> um. <laughs> Was um, there anything going through your mind? <laughs> yes, okay. So impulsive. Everyone's so it, impulsive. It, I love it. It was, it was. It wasn't me being like, oh, okay, what would my character do? Mm, guys, this is an impulsive. No, I was just like super excited. I had this cool spell and I was like, like, screw it. They've given me a blank canvas. I'm going to do what I want with it. We've got a dragon and it's like crashing through the columns and setting fire to this ancient library and i was just like going to town i was just enjoying it so much and then i realized where i was what the stakes were afterwards (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah it is always fun when you're like oh my god i have so many cool new spells well i've just got to use them well that's it do it (laughs) that's it i mean exactly someone was saying like you could have literally just like caused the sound from over there or started a fight over there or even just like at most pushed some books off a shelf but for some reason i decided to go ultra diversion go big or go home baby 
Let's go. Go big or go home. Go big or go home, man. Let's go. Yeah. So (laughs) Vicky's on board. (laughs) So now I've got this thing with Orin where it's like, if 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 everyone's asking me for like a diversion uh, or a distraction, um, I've got like a scale, and I'll just guy, I'll just bet. Okay, from one to five, how big we talking here? Five is dragon. Like (laughs) one is like you know maybe like someone stubs a toe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a massive scale. Well, I've, it escalates so quickly, one to five. That's so, like, what's the middle of that? We'll find yeah, out. Dragon is pretty big. We'll find out. And one is stub your toe. What's well, two? No, I'm, wait, I'm waiting <laughs> for the, the moment. Set place on fire. I, I'm really waiting for that moment when it's like um, Hulk, like Hulk smash. When they go like, when he was like, okay, what, diver- what, what level of diversion do you want there, Gwendolyn? And she goes, I want a six. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, it's on. <laughs> That's what I can't wait for. Gosh. Bigger than the dragon. Summons oh, a portal yeah. <laughs> to yeah. the demon world or something. Yeah. Like... Summons an actual demon prince. Yep. Um, I've got a question from Kit for both of you, um, which is, would you ever or have you ever swapped out a character mid-campaign, either by killing them off or just having them go off on a different journey and play someone else for a while. And on a related note, do you ever make backup characters or make a character just for fun? Like, no. <laughs> no contingency plan. No contingencies. <laughs> I, I, when I make a character, I want to be fully invested in that character. I don't want to think, oh, the situation's dicey, but I have a backup character ready. No, because then there has to be a time set up when you're going to play that character and get into that character shoots so i don't make up back back of characters i've never i mean but enkidu's multiple characters he's not no he's not he's <laughs> one person <laughs> you've got multiple characters in one no i mean technically i have two characters in this campaign with judge in the fabulous fabuloso stories but it's not a swap it's kind of like you jump to this character for a hot sec but um, I've never swapped out a character. Or, no. Yeah, I'm gonna be I'm I'm gonna be like playing here as well and say that I haven't swapped I haven't swapped a character yet. Maybe just because like you know with D and D you have the creativity to create characters you want to create, and I think as well for me, it's, it's I, I've I've had moments where um, the shoe isn't quite fitting right, or I need to like walk in the shoe for a while to like fit it in. So like a car- I'll start off with a character and be like, oh, I'm not really sure about this. And I'll do a few sessions and then like the DM will often do like a really fun, like glorifying moment where I get to, or we'll do something completely left wing and I'll learn something new about the character. So I think, I think it's that where it's like, I, I don't necessarily need to create a whole new character, but maybe the character in itself changes slightly or they discover something about themselves that makes them new and interesting. Um, mm. But at the moment I'm like adjustment. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think alignments are very useful, but I don't think we need to stick to them necessarily always. Yeah, 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 completely. It's always interesting as well when a story prompts your character to do something that surprises you. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of the the funnest moment. Well, that's one of the funnest moments. Actually, as a DM as well, when the character starts really, I mean, they surprise you all the time because and they ruin everything you plan. But it's Sorry. always really cool to see <laughs> when the players get excited about their characters again mm. and go, Ooh, this is like a new evolution of this person. Yeah. Um, 
And kind of on the topic of character creation, uh, Supervan Sam has a burning question for Chris, uh, which is, what the hell even are you? Can I see your character sheet? Because Gaius is hands down the weirdest bard slash rogue I've ever seen. Yeah, I've adventured with you enough to know you love to keep an ace up your sleeve when you create a character. Have you got a major reveal planned? Oh, what is this insight, Sam? Hashtag no cryptic answers, please. Oh, hello. Well, all right, I will give the honest answer. Um, Which is uh, that... Basically, Guy's a bard, um, and he's just a bard. I knew it. <laughs> I he's knew a bard. Say that. He is yeah. just a bard. He. I, 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 I. But I will say this, which is that, and David knows this. One, I rolled really high for him on certain things, mm. which I was not expecting because it was going against what I was going for. But the second thing is as well is that Guy. Um, I deliberately made Guy faulty. His charisma was not the highest. His, 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 his stats were strongest in his dexterity, in him being sneaky, in sleight of hand. I haven't sleight of handed much, but I gotta tell you, I have got a high stat for that. But when it comes to charisma and stuff, I really wanted to play with, and this goes into the backstory that we've talked about, because revelation, I've actually been more truthful. Guy's been more truthful than he has lied in a long, long time. Um, and, and that whole thing about him being a bard, for only really like a year and a half. It's very true. He's learning how to play the lute. He's got all this inspiration. Um, and it's with like his class, his subclass that we've got to play with that more, which was a sort of homebrew that, uh, David and I created. Um, oh, and, and, that and makes tweaked. Sense. It's called, uh, Co- College of Wiles. So College of Wiles is one that we uh, sort of created, which is the idea of um, being able to use storytelling abilities to cause their audiences to doubt what is true and to begin to question what they see before them. Um, So it's for very manipulative bards, uh, can be used for personal gain or to sow discord in their enemies. So either way, colleges of this bard... Uh, bards of this college are often considered untrustworthy and chased away if their lies come out into the truth or into the light so yeah so cool so i've got you know opportunities in my in my magic to sort of manipulate people's minds and sort of uh uh make them believe believe they're doing well and and get a boon from that or believe they're doing terrible and get a like a a deduction from whatever roles they're doing and stuff like that. So we wanted, I wanted to play with um, a class that wasn't like a swashbuckler. wasn't like a, I wanted to do something that was like, almost like mastermind, the, Mm. the the rogue of mastermind, but basically coming from a place of not, he's, he's kind of a mastermind, but he's, he's not, he's, he's too impulsive to be a, you know, like you said, he doesn't have like a grand scheme. He's not Joker. He is just, (laughs) flying by the seat of his pants and making lies, hoping that they will uh, bear fruit for him. So that's actually what Guy is. That's such a cool subclass. I want to see all the details. I want to read it. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. I want to play one as well, because that sounds amazing. Yeah, it's really fun. It's really fun. And uh, I actually haven't utilised his class enough, actually. You know, um, I haven't like, I did it initially at the start quite a lot where I would be like, I'm using bend the truth to do this or whatever. 
but I have just I just haven't remembered to do that as much in in our games. But I'm definitely going to start like reintroducing it and stuff. But you know, mm-hmm. I've just been getting too excited with you know major illusion and <laughs> all the fun spells. all the fun spells and stuff. So yeah, I definitely start leaning into that subclass a lot more as well. Yeah, but for the good of the group, not just for Guy. Yeah. Well, Grace has just uh, reminded me because apparently I don't pay attention to all the cool stuff you get with a Patreon subscription. The subclass is available on Patreon. Woohoo! So if you want to join the Patreon and actually read about the College of Wiles, you can. And I know what I'm doing after this Q&A. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> so yeah, check it, check it out. That sounds so cool. Um, I think we're we're coming towards the end of this super fun question session. And uh, we've got a couple more questions. One from the lovely Ashley Hooch Dangerfield. Hi, Ashley. Um, who asks both of you, if you could DM for anyone, dead or alive, who would be your ideal party? Oh, About so... four to six people. That's oh, so good. On. That's such a good question. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Daryl, go first. Oh my gosh, what? <laughs> who do I DM for? Who do I DM for? Um, I mean... Everyone here, for starters. Aww. Yeah. Heck yeah. Aww, that's so sweet. percent Of course. But you, 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 I know, I know the, the, the question really wants like star casting, you know, who, who do you want at your table? Like, oh my gosh, here we go. Um, oh, I don't know. It's really hard. Um, I think someone like Brennan Lee Monaghan would be mental mm. to DM for. I'm scared of Emily Axford. She would just break the game like into pieces. I don't recognise. I I I don't know how she does what she does. Oh, those two as a combo, though. So uh, oh my gosh! Yeah. Um, B. Dave Waters is oh man. He he's like a classy. He's like the cool Uncle DM. Um, he's he is just so cool. That's one person. But outside the D&D sphere, to make it, like, more interesting. Yeah, that's what I'm trying yeah. to think of. Um, yeah. I would like to know what Samuel Jackson would be like if he used to pick up a bit of dice. <laughs> I want a bad motherfucker at my table. Yeah. <laughs> I am yeah. sick and tired of these motherfucking gnolls on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Spelled P L A I N. Yes. That's so I, sick. Just because, like, there are oh, there's so many. You know, I've got to have to come back with this question another time. But just because they're at the forefront of my mind, I was teaching a maths class today, and there's two people that I always quite reference to the kids, which is um, uh, Catherine Johnson hmm. and uh, Albert Einstein. And I'm just like, I've got their heads in my mind at the moment. I just feel like, actually, you know, it would be interesting to see what happens there. It would there. be so yeah. fun. Like, and also, I would love the challenge of being able to create a DM puzzle that beats Einstein and Johnson. That really <laughs> makes them sweat. How now that <laughs> yeah. is Everest. And I would love to set that challenge. Put yeah, them yeah, in yeah. an escape room. Yeah, oh my God, yeah. that would be so good. Give, give them the oh, wing wow. throps. I'd love to see what happens. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Put Einstein to work against David Knight. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, oh, ooh, so cool. Uh, a couple more people. Um, 
Brandon Sanderson. Who's he? If you remember the Ramblers Rest episode one, I tried to get you into... Oh, um, yes. His, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm actually wearing, like, MacGuffins from, like, his book series. Do you know oh, what I mean? I'm, cool. I'm that much of a fanboy. Um, yeah, he, I mean, he's a massive, massive nerd. Massive nerd. He'll be brilliant um, as a player. He's chaotic as well. Like, you wouldn't think of it. He's a, well, he's a mild-mannered man, but he's... Gosh, like some of his tales on the table are ridiculous. Tolkien would be a nice addition as well. Yep, Tolkien would be interesting. Oh my god, Tolkien would be such a rules lawyer. Just to see what people made out of his legacy. Obviously, the original face of D and D, like the original version of it, is heavily inspired from yeah. his works in uh, Middle Earth. Gary Gygax. Oh, well, everyone wants to play with Gary. Yeah, go on, Gaza. But just, to, just, just for him to be like, oh, it's interesting, like, where D&D has gone since, like, the creation <laughs> of what I did as well. I think it might be time for our very last question. No! And it's not going to be asked by me. <gasps> it's going to be asked by Pippa. No, oh, Pippa's back. Yeah, Superman Pip, take it away. <laughs> my question, my final question, or the final question is... What has been your favourite small, small role of the campaign? Small role. Oh gosh. Yeah, mine's mine mine's easy. What's yours, Daryl? It just happened. After getting his arse handed to him in the sewers and then coming surfacing back up, I'm like, I need to some healing, I need to talk to my friends. Natural <laughs> You couldn't have. If you if if I told you I'd made that up, you'd probably believe it. But I I, I hadn't I hadn't. It was a natural one. And I loved it. I didn't despair. I was like, bring the drama. Let's go. Let's see what happens. That's my favourite. I know it happened to me and yeah, that can whatever. But like that was the timing of it was was ludicrous. I think mine was like, was wasn't there like an animal handling check which uh Juna did <gasps> with some squirrels or something and was like, Hey, can you help us with this information? And it was a low roll and the squirrels oh, were just yeah. like, No, get lost. We're busy doing squirrel stuff. Like, can you just like leave us alone? I, I love that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was so good. It's like, no, I'm not going to burden my day with your troubles. Can you just get lost? Um, I'm trying to like, I think they were, tr- <laughs> they were, oh, I think one was chasing the other one, like in like yeah, a sort of courtship yeah, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I was like, dude, yeah. you're killing my vibe. Like stop being such a block and just get away. It's mating seasons. I don't have time for your human problems. Please. That was my favorite one. Please. Oh, brilliant. Oh, that was... (laughs) Both of them are so great. Oh, this has been such a blast. I've had so much fun with both of you. Me too. And all the lovely people who've joined us on the No Small Questions uh, on the Zoom from Patreon and who've asked questions. And it's, yeah, it's been so great. Um, so before we finish completely, do either of you guys have anything to plug? Not right now, no. Just carry on listening to No Small Roles, wherever you oh find God. your podcasts. Yeah, check out the latest Super Fan Chats. Yeah, exactly the one we're doing right now. <laughs> um, check out Super Fan Chats, um, which I list. I always listen to it twice every time it comes Aww. out. <laughs> so just, I, I, I enjoy the theorising. And I love hearing new super fans. Um, so please continue yeah. to listen to the show. Yeah, we've had a few new additions to the gang, which has been really, really cool. Yeah. Soon we're going to take over. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Soon the army of super fans will be complete. 
Yes. And then we the will challenge the Winthrop's for <laughs> supremacy of the world. Yes. <laughs> Who's the superior golem army now? <laughs> just be beating up Erin and just be like, um, I'm sorry, that's restricted to higher ranking crumpets, you idiot. Take that. Take that. You've got to spend more on those Patreon tiers. You want to know that. Yeah. <laughs> the name is Lord Crumpet. <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant so I'm, I'm guessing nothing else but no small roles just no small roles all the way yeah thanks so much it's been so much fun it's been such a blast yeah, where this podcast so has come from and where it's going to it's it's just mm. so so much fun and we love having crazy. more people on the journey with us and it and it feels really really great to feel part of the no small roles fam like it's a very very welcoming place oh zoom group hug yeah <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do the little heart thing with the index fingers. You know what I'm trying to do. Oh, what's the? That's is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. We're explaining. We're explaining hand motions to an audio recording. I, yeah. I got it. This is an audio medium, and we are now using hand language, a visual medium. Um, I think on that note, maybe we should end this episode of No Small Questions. Thank you all so so much for joining us, and we're gonna we're gonna say the thing together, right? Are we gonna count down? Or are we just gonna vibe it? Vibe, please. <laughs> I'm going to watch your eyes. Okay. You ready? And none for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.